Just a disclaimer before you guys listen to this podcast, if you care about the Jets' final result and everything that happened in their game, and you still have not seen it, do not listen to this podcast. It contains major spoilers for the Jets' game, and you should not listen to it if you do not want anything from that game spoiled. But if you have seen the game, if you do know everything that happened, and uh, or you just want to listen to this podcast even if you haven't seen the Jets game and you don't care about spoilers listen to this podcast because it's going to be a really good podcast some football podcasts can be boring using advanced language and just all around not being fun My mission as a 13-year-old Jets fan is to make fun and articulate podcasts great for Jets fans of all ages. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Teen Jets Podcast. I am your host, Cole. And so today, I'm going to review some of this week's game against the Cleveland Browns. Monday Night Football, uh, under the bright lights. So this was an interesting game. Uh, Starting from the top with the QB position... Uh, Trevor Simeon was starting, and he ended up getting injured uh, off a sack by Miles Garrett. Uh, Miles Garrett's second sack of the game. Uh, but it ended Trevor Simeon's career. Uh, not career, sorry. That would be even worse. But it ended Trevor Simeon's season, and I mean, I'm like, it, I don't know. I'm just kind of a bit in shock because that was. I just wasn't really expecting it. So, I yeah, I'm sorry. It's just kind of blowing my mind a bit that they, the Jets lose their starter until at least week five, but it is looking like uh, he's going to be closer to week five than uh, we were expecting before. Uh, they do have their bye week, week four, so that uh, week five has kind of been a target for Sam Darnold so that he can like recover by week four or five get the bye week get back into shape and he really probably won't be that great until next year because I mean he's still gonna definitely be in a lot of pain uh and I wouldn't know myself because I've never had mononucleosis but uh I do know that it takes a long time to kind of get back to full health so he probably was suffering in the first game, I think I already mentioned this, but, I mean, he might have actually, like, if he hadn't been injured or sick in the first game, he might have actually done really well, but we won't really know. Uh, He should be better, I think, whenever he comes back than he was in week one, but I don't know, and I don't want to say for sure, because if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. <laughs> so... Yeah, so I mean, first they lose Sam Darnold for ind- for an indefinite amount of time. He might be back in a few weeks uh, again, but might not. So, uh, I mean, then they lose Trevor Simeon for the rest of the season to a lower leg injury. And yeah, I saw that play. Oh, my... So, like, Miles Garrett sacked him, and it was a big hit. But then Trevor Simeon kind of, like, stuck his foot back a bit. 
and it it kind of, like his foot had to bend uh had to bend like away from him but the way it was uh his ankle went towards him so yeah and you can imagine how crazy that injury must have been uh I I cannot imagine being an NFL player and having to suffer through that and everyone's expecting you to just be okay in a year. Like, I know that a year is a long time for an injury to recover, but still, that's a brutal hit. Uh, And it wouldn't have happened, uh, or it at least wouldn't have been as likely to happen if the Jets' offensive line had been better than it was. Because Miles Garrett... uh injured Trevor Simeon on his second sack of the day. I might have already said that, but the Jets' offensive line looked like just as much of a mess as last year, and I believe that four out of their five starting offensive linemen are going to be free agents next year. Uh, The only one who isn't, I believe, is Kaliki Assembly, who has one year left on a crazy high contract, so the Jets might want to cut him anyways. But he really was their least terrible offensive lineman. But I definitely think that the offensive line is going to have to take a humongous step up if they ever want to be able to perform. So, I mean, yeah, let's just hope that the Jets' offensive line kind of gets their act together and performs well because they cannot keep letting uh like their QBs get pressured. They gotta open up more space for Le'Veon and it was evidence on a lot of his runs. So and I said it before and I will probably say it again on this podcast, the offensive line is the foundation for your team. If you have a good offensive line, your team is going to do a lot better on offense because your QB isn't going to be as rushed and your uh, running back isn't going to be uh, as rushed. So you're going to end up scoring more or at least getting more yards and therefore getting more field goals. So you'll be scoring more. Uh, even if it's not touchdowns, you'll at least be getting more field goals than you would otherwise be. And then your defense performs well because they're just pressured to not allow a touchdown instead of not allowing points. So... Yeah, the offensive line is a building block of your team, no matter how you look at it. I mean, the Browns' offensive line wasn't great either, but they were a lot better than last week when they had, like, 30 penalties uh, and Greg Robinson got ejected. That that was a really terrible game for their offensive line. But it might have been a worse game for the Jets' defensive backs this week. Uh... They had some good plays. They also had some really terrible plays. And uh, they benched Jermaine Johnson before the game. And uh, Jamal Adams got benched towards the end of the game. And then he apparently unfollowed the Jets on Instagram. But he insisted that he's fine with them. And he was just a little bit annoyed. And he's going to re-follow them. But uh, yeah, I mean, Jamal Adams is the Jets' best player uh, and he's their franchise guy, uh, unless Darnold ends up being even more amazing, uh, I mean, it's kind of like, uh, sorry, I'm trying to think of an example, but, like, the QB is one of their best players, and one of their best known, but the defender is their best, 
Like, it's kind of like the Raiders a few years ago when Derek Carr was actually good and they still had Khalil Mack. I mean, Derek Carr was good, yeah. He, he's really good. Young QB. He's going to be great. But Khalil Mack was their guy, without a doubt. And I feel like it's the same thing with the Jets. The same thing as it is with the Bears now, who have Khalil Mack now. Uh, I mean, the Broncos kind of... Though, not really as much until uh, right around, like, 2014, 15, 16, when, uh, right around when they won Super Bowl 50. But, uh, yeah, like, right around then, it was kind of like Von Miller is their guy. Sure, they have Peyton Manning. Sure, they have uh, Demarius Thomas, who's now on the Jets and also got injured, I believe. Uh, not sure how bad that's, that injury is going to be, but... Sorry about this tangent. I just realized how crazy it is. But, uh, yeah, Jamal Adams is their guy. I don't believe that they'd trade him. Uh, feel like the Jets front office might be better than the Raiders front office. Uh, I hope it is because the Raiders have, without a doubt, the weirdest front office of all time. Uh, sent all their scouts home a week before the draft so that they could draft uh, Cleveland Farrell and not hear about why uh, Ed Oliver or Josh Allen or better. And, I mean, who knows how early they would have picked Cleveland Farrell. I mean, for all you know, they were about to pick Quinn and Williams. The Jets picked him, and they said, oh, dang it, let's get Cleveland Farrell. And they meant someone else. But <laughs> I don't know, because Cleveland Farrell wasn't even the best pass rusher at his school. You can make a case for uh, Christian Wilkins. Uh, what's his name? Lawrence, not Trevor Lawrence, but... uh. A guy on their defense named Lawrence, uh, Dexter Lawrence, that's his name, who's a really good offensive, uh, defensive lineman, sorry. I'm tripping up on my own words today. So, uh, yeah, I mean, oh man, how did I go from talking about franchise players to talking about, uh, the Clemson Tigers offensive line two years ago, uh, defensive line two years ago, sorry. Don't want to get that confused. But, yeah, it's just kind of surprising that they benched Jamal Adams and that he kind of got so mad about it. And so, uh, on the Brown side of the ball, Baker Mayfield wasn't playing too well. I mean, wasn't really that dangerous for the Browns' offense. Only had 19 completions out of 35 attempts. Uh, for 325 yards, I predicted that he would have over 300, and he did. So I am right two weeks in a row on my predictions. Uh, listen on Saturday to hear my predictions for the Jets game, uh, which I believe is going to be at the Patriots. So that's going to be a fun, fun, fun game. Uh, but I'm not expecting a win. You guys should not expect a win either, though. But, man, these tangents are really dragging this out I don't even know why I'm doing these tangents but I just am so I'm two for two on the predictions so far this year I mean I can't really believe it at all because I mean a lot of them are just kind of like shots in the dark kind of with a bit of a flat like with the flashlight about to break it's I, I barely even can predict because I don't know. It's like predicting the weather. You cannot expect them to be right. So 
yeah, just know that for the future. Uh, I'm just happy that I got two in a row. Uh, two more wins than the Jets have. <laughs> and uh, that's in two games. But Baker Mayfield, 325 yards, a touchdown and an interception. He didn't have that great of a day. I and mean, I said I think he might also do really well uh, with his, the rest of his numbers. Not really. I mean, I honestly think that Luke Falk might have done better. 198 yards passing for him, uh, 20 of 25, played like a good game manager, and that's what the Jets wanted out of Trevor Simeon, for him to manage the game uh, enough so that they could at least be a bit competitive if something were to happen to Darnold. And, I mean, Luke Falk played much better than Simeon. And, I mean, 20 of 25, that's 80% completion rating. Crazy. And 198 yards in... Think around three quarters, uh, and he was handing off to Levy on the first drive, which was their field goal drive. Uh, but yeah, he was handing off like each of those seven plays, which got Levy on Bell's uh, touches up, not touches, uh, carries up to twenty, and he had over sixty yards rushing and receiving, but he only had like three yards per carry. Wasn't that great on the ground? Uh, if you look at his yards per carry, but production-wise, he was good enough. I mean, stats all stats don't always tell the full story. Like, a lot of the times, like, for example, Darrell Revis, former Jet, perfect story of this, because he was such a great defensive back, or such a great cornerback, I should say, because he only played cornerback. So, I mean, there has been defensive backs who would get, like, seven or eight interceptions in a season, and... Uh, and, like, Darrell Revis was probably on that talent level, but he only got two every year, and it wasn't because of injuries. It was because the QBs would not throw his way because they knew that he would end up defending the pass somehow. So they would just throw it to their other receivers. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you cannot judge a cornerback, a defensive back, or any defender by their uh interceptions in a year because it doesn't tell the full story. Like, Jamal Adams... Only had one, but uh, he wasn't that terrible in pass coverage, and they just and the defenses were kind of throwing away from him so that he wouldn't be right there to force a fumble because that's Jamal Adams's game. Le'Veon sixty plus yards rushing, sixty plus yards receiving, didn't have a touchdown, but basically carried the team on his shoulders into field goal range, uh, where. Sam Ficken made it. Uh, it was, I believe, 48 yards, and the entire stadium was going crazy. Saw that part on TV. Uh, and, yeah, there was a guy in a Browns jersey, as the camera kind of zoomed out, uh, waving a Jets flag. So I guess uh, he just abandoned his team. Uh, but I'm sure he went back by the time they did what... Uh, or, or it was just pity. It might have just been him taking pity on the Jets, but I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, great job by Sam Ficken. The Jets have their kicker for at least one more week. They might have their QB, but they will probably have to get him a new backup because you cannot go into a game with no backups at QB. Like, I'm sorry to, like, if you were thinking, like, okay, uh, they're not even going to need a backup for Luke Falk. I'm sorry. 
I don't know if anyone out there ever would think that. Because, I mean, if you do, I respect your opinions. But I don't agree exactly. Because if you don't have a backup QB heading into a game, what happens if your starter gets injured? What happens if he starts playing badly and there's no one on the bench to kind of be like, okay, yeah, you you got to perform or else we can put this guy in. And it's just, like, come on now. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you got to have a backup. The Jets are probably going to sign a backup. But I don't know. We're going to see. And th- they should have a backup uh, by the next game because – uh, I believe Gase mentioned in an interview after the game that uh, if Falk got injured, their third-string QB who was starting uh, like halfway through the game, uh, if he's gotten injured, they'd be putting Levy on at QB. And it honestly wasn't a stretch to say that because he he and he was in the wildcat for a lot of the plays, so he basically was their QB on some plays, and. I don't know. I just find that kind of crazy that they're getting so thin at the QB position already when that was one of their deepest positions by the start of the season. But, I mean, with QBs, two injuries, and you're down to uh, potentially no one uh, backing uh, up the guy starting. So, yeah, new backup QB for sure by next week. I'm calling it uh, not much of a crazy prediction. But, yeah, and again, my crazy prediction will be on Saturday. So, a guy who didn't have very high expectations heading into this game, but did before last week and then just didn't really perform that much uh, because the team only gave him four snaps, was Ty Montgomery. Uh, former Green Bay Packer, then traded to the Ravens after not taking a knee on a kickoff uh, that basically lost the game for the Packers. But he, then after that, he ended up getting traded to the Ravens, got signed by the Jets, and had a really good preseason. Finally got to play a little bit. Uh, he had three rushes for 25 yards, and he had 15 yards receiving. Why didn't they hand the ball off to him more? Because honestly, Le'Veon's going to start to get overworked by the end of the season. And he's getting like, he got 20 rushes in the last game. And he also got a ton of uh, targets in order for him to get to 60 receiving yards. Uh, I mean, it's it's crazy. He's going to end up with so many touches by the end of the season. Uh, I mean, they're definitely giving him a big workload and... It definitely helped him to take a year off because he's basically getting in a year and a half uh, for most starting running backs in just this season with the Jets. So, uh, yeah, that should save him about a season or two to take a season off. But who knows? He might end up getting a career-ending injury, and it can happen to any player in any game. So, yeah, just in, in football, you got to expect the unexpected Because it's going to happen. Like Odell making another one-handed catch uh, over Nate Hairston, another surprise who the Jets traded for. Uh, The Colts were thinking about cutting him. Who knows if they actually would have cut him. Uh, 
I believe the Jets traded away their sixth round pick that they traded Aaron Lee for to get him, but I mean, both positions are so thin now because Avery Williamson is on the IR and CJ Mosley was injured uh, for this game. He might be back next game. I don't know. I said that uh, I thought that Quinnen would play and CJ Mosley wouldn't. Neither of them played. So that just shows you how much can just like not happen that you were expecting. So, yeah. But Nate Hairston, honestly, it was pretty good coverage, but Odell had him by about half a step. Uh, he only needed one. Uh, he couldn't use his second hand to bring in the catch. It was great coverage, actually. Uh, but... I don't know. I feel like so many other players, and that would have been a drop, and it would have been, oh my goodness, and a great attempt by whoever. Instead, for Odell, it's a crazy catch. Uh, because he had Harrison by about half a step. And, yeah, and I think I said this before, but the defensive backs were... They had their ups and they had their downs. They really weren't that terrible uh, a lot of the time. I mean, Darrell Roberts had an interception. I believe he allowed, like, a really high uh, quarterback efficiency rating or, like, whatever it is, uh, passer rating. That's what it is. So, yeah, he allowed a really high passer rating. Uh, during uh, last week's game, but he did have an interception this week. Baker Mayfield's only pick of the game. Uh and Odell was really fired up because Greg Williams had kind of been like, uh, apparently, I think I mentioned this in the last podcast, but Odell was saying, oh, yeah, yeah, and that guy, Greg Williams, the Jets defensive coordinator, you know, he tried ending my career because uh, Greg Williams was the Browns defensive coordinator uh, the last few years. And they played the Giants in a preseason game. Odell was on the Giants at that point. And apparently, according to some of Odell Beckham's uh, new teammates, he specifically told the players, try to injure Odell Beckham. There's no way he's making it uh, off the field without being injured. And I'm not really sure who I believe. Uh, I mean, a lot of players have been defending Greg Williams, even those that aren't on the Jets. And I wouldn't be surprised if Odell was making it up uh, because he and Greg Williams have a history together. Uh, they the uh, When Greg Williams was with the Rams, I believe in Odell's rookie season, uh, there were like a million fights in that game uh, between Odell and the defense. So, yeah, I remember seeing parts of that game and thinking like, why? So, I mean, Odell... Greg Williams, history together. Odell got mad, said, yeah, Greg Williams, he tried to hurt me. He told the players to dive at me. He ended up getting a high ankle sprain during that game, and he ended up trying to recover from that too soon and ended up breaking his ankle. So, yeah, I mean, tips for players, including, I guess, Sam Darnold right now, uh, don't play until you're sure that you're ready. And, I mean... 
you like gotta get your coaches to understand that too because it's there's so much of a risk that you're gonna end up losing an entire season just to have one game where honestly you might not be much better than the backup so I don't know it's like I'd rather risk one game and the player being a tiny bit better than whoever would be playing in the game otherwise uh if the player wasn't playing and yeah I would much rather have a slightly worse player play and the star uh, and the star player ending up being okay for the rest of the year than having the star player playing not really that well about as well as whoever the backup would be and ends up getting injured for the rest of his season which ends up kind of being a lingering injury around his entire career it's like one game can save your career basically not good for odell he ended up getting mad uh at greg williams for supposedly trying to injure him i wouldn't be surprised if odell was lying because i mean i don't know but then greg williams is also the type of guy uh with the bounty gate scandal where i wouldn't be too surprised if odell was saying the truth but Greg Williams responded with Odell who, reference to Jerry Jones saying Zeke who, uh, like, we don't need Ezekiel Elliott. He was kind of saying Odell who, he wasn't that great anyways. And it was a joke because Odell is definitely a top 10 or top 15 wide receiver in the NFL. He's good. Uh, but he tried getting Odell a bit overfired up where he starts playing terribly. But nope. He ended up uh, firing Odell up to the point where he's just going to play really well. And that's not good for the Jets. Odell uh, had, I believe, 181 yards. Don't remember if he had a touchdown. I don't think so. Uh, but I now Greg Williams knows who Odell is. Robbie Anderson, however, the Jets' number one receiver, had 81 yards and off of only four receptions. Uh, last week I talked about how he was playing like a, like a true deep threat kind of... Or No, 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 sorry. I said that about Marquise uh, Brown, Hollywood Brown, uh, how he had like 160 yards off of only four receptions for like a crazy 20 yards per carry. He also got to over 20 miles per hour in that game. Unfortunately, however, he is not against uh he's not on the Jets. Uh he is on the Ravens. So I mean he's not he's uh he had a much better game week one than Robbie Anderson had this week. But Robbie Anderson was not bad. He had eighty one yards, I mean, I just said that, but I mean that's really good. And off of only four receptions, I mean uh, I know one of the plays he, like, would have scored a touchdown, but Luke Falk threw it terribly. Robbie Anderson ended up coming back, like, 15 or 20 yards and still ended up catching it. So, uh, yeah, and Robbie Anderson, great job. Uh, a few more receptions would have been nice, but I'm not complaining at all. Uh, something, however, that I am complaining about is Jordan Jenkins getting injured. This is going to be the last thing that I will talk about today. But Jordan Jenkins was the Jets' only good linebacker left. I mean, I mentioned this 
uh, last week when I was talking about how the Jets, uh, yeah, like the only player left out of their four players of greatness, uh, linebacker, uh, that they that they had uh, during the off season, uh, who were Anthony Barr, who ended up not signing, Avery Williamson, who uh, was signed a year ago but ended up uh, tearing his ACL and being put on the I.O. after the second preseason game. The third linebacker was C.J. Mosley, who was injured for this game. And now Jordan Jenkins gets injured. So, not good. Uh, I'm not sure how long he's going to be out for or how serious the injury is. I just know that he got injured. Uh, I believe it was a knee injury. I hope he's going to be better soon because he is the Jets' only good linebacker left. Uh, when C.J. Mosley comes back, he is going to be a game-changer. Avery Williamson also was a game-changer last year for the Jets. Uh, he had way over 100 tackles on the year. So let's just hope that everyone's back next year and is just as good. The Jets can make a playoff run. Uh, who knows how far they're going to go next year and in a few years, but I'm not sure if this is their year. But I don't know. We will see. And so, yeah, that is all for today's ep- uh, podcast. I hope that you liked it. What? You're still listening? Nice. Good job. So if you haven't already, you have to subscribe to my Apple podcast account uh, and then leave a review. And rate out of five stars what you think of my podcast. And be honest, I want to hear what you actually think so that I can know what I need to improve and what I don't. So without further ado, goodbye. This is the actual end. The rest is just like an ad.